Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post Atomic Gargoyles podcast with your hosts, Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Covering episodes 1 through 5, Awakening. Hi, friends. Welcome to this new era of the show, which is this week called the Post-Atomic Gargoyles. Yep. This proud, brand new era in which we'll review pretty much whatever. In which we wander listlessly through the imaginary video store aisles marked science fiction slash fantasy. Wandering aimlessly, calling deep, calling into the night. Is this Star Trek? <laughs> is Star Trek back yet? No, honey. Star Trek went out for smokes. <laughs> It'll be back soon. Oh. Uh huh. Where did that come from, by the way? That's the, that's like a a like a shorthand punchline for deadbeat dad. But going out I, for smokes? Yeah, where the the dad leaves to get cigarettes and never comes back. I've heard it in like ten things, and I don't know what it's a reference to. I think it's probably a reference to it actually happening back in like the eighties. Oh, I mean, I'm from the eighties, and I don't remember that. Well, you were too busy doing eighties things. That is true. It was totally tubular, if you, mm-hmm. if you weren't aware. I imagine that to be the case. Like, you know, you were alive in the 80s, but you're from the 90s. Yeah, no, I, it took me a while to realize that. It's like, I don't yeah. remember anything about the 80s. No, and just like I was alive for more than half of the 70s, really, mm-hmm. the 80s are like what I think of as my yeah. formative years. And and this is relevant because this show we are watching is very from the 90s. Only 90s kids will remember Gargoyles. The odd thing is, I have a very clear memory of it, and you do not. No, um, I was a huge Disney Afternoon kid back in the day, but Gargoyles came on in the morning when I had to, like, leave to go to school. I was really wanted to watch it. Like, I really wanted to watch 90s X-Men, but, like, mm-hmm. that, 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 was, that was on at the same time I had to be at karate. And this was on when I had to go to school. So, no uh, violent although... cartoons for Matt. <laughs> Amanda tells me that you're wrong about that, mm. so you're lying, sir. Which, I put it to you. The X-Men or the Gargoyles? No, Gargoyles. No, probably what happened was it was on another channel or something, or yep. you weren't aware of it. But uh, yeah, no, she said she watched it religiously, so. Yeah, I don't. Not She wasn't so into it that she told her friends about it, apparently, because mm. I assume a glowing recommendation from Amanda would have, you know. I'm sure at some point she was like, Gargoyles is pretty good, but. Uh... Oh. You probably did that thing you still do, which is like, yeah, I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, I'll get to it. Uh-huh. Whereas for me, it, it was on in a block in the afternoon. Mm. Uh, it was Batman the Animated Series and this. That's a good and block. I had a job where I got off work kind of early. Like, I got off at the 3.30, so mm. and I, I was home by 4, and I could watch these two things, like, right after. And, you know, we're talking, I was 20 when this started. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm rushing home from work to uh, to watch cartoons. Yep. That's understandable. I also did that when I was 20. Yeah. No, I still do it now in my 40s. Cartoons are good. Yeah. I and they're only getting better. I, I don't know. You might be right. There's some good cartoons on right now. There are. But thinking about what my favorite cartoons are, they're, they're sort of sprinkled through the era. I mean, that's like, fair. Th- through the different ages, like the different realms that's not a word you have a lot more love for 80s cartoons i think than i do Ah, yeah but i'm not gonna like to be clear i'm not one of those guys who's like my childhood is the best childhood like no no things got better in the 90s because you had shows like this and batman Mm -hmm. but i still like 
if it hasn't been made clear, it's going to be made very clear as we go through this era of, of Pa. I do not like the 90s. What? I know. This is news I, to me. It's someone who's known you for like ever now. The something about the aesthetic just really grates on me. And this show is like the least 90s of 90s shows. Mm-hmm. And there were still elements of it that just really bothered me. Oh, yeah. Uh, but let, let me let me tell you what happened. We're, Let's we're roll covering, into it and then we'll... Uh... Uh, in case, in case you weren't clear, we are covering the five-part miniseries, mm-hmm. uh, the the premiere as as cartoons as daily cartoons did back then. You had a whole week to sort of uh, you know immerse you in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, this was chosen by uh, Patreon donor Amy uh, by by special arrangement. I want to make this clear too. Um, she and one other person have been grandfathered in and allowed to pick things that are much longer. Mm-hmm. Turns out we've gotten a bit lazy watching one episode a week and. Mm-hmm. Uh, this two hours of cart like of watching, even though it was pretty good, is like uh, we're not doing this again. <laughs> so after next week, if you do donate to the Patreon, you can pick whatever you like for us to, to review, but it has to be an hour long show. Yeah, just just so you know. Or if you we're pick bu- a half hour show, we'll do two of them. But we're very busy people on our way somewhere. We don't have time for over an hour. It's a it's it's a focus thing for me, really. Mm-hmm. Like my interest starts waning on most things. And that's, you know, call it a character flaw if you want. That's just that's just how I'm wired. Yeah, I was, it's like by the end. Are these Gars still goiling? Come on. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of lot of padding, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you what happens in Awakening. It's Awakening, right? Singular? Awakenings? No, I think Awakenings was a movie with Robin Williams and De Niro? This is sure. just Awakening. One Awakening. Just singular. All right. Okay, but a lot of people awoke, though. That's awoke. Yeah. Oh, God. Conjugating that verb is one of the things I will never be able to do. <laughs> I, I awoken up this morning. All right. Our story begins, as all cartoons in the 90s must begin, with a purple-haired lady cop. Oh, God. Have I, have I mentioned how much I hate the 90s? I instantly regret this decision. Fortunately, we only spend about 10 seconds with Renee Montoya as colored by Filmation. Now we're flashing back to a thousand years ago in Scotland. Magic is real. Everyone talks with horrible accents. It's pretty much sub rosa in cartoon form. Seriously, kill me. Actually, though, speaking of killing, this is apparently a children's program that has no trouble showing the real-life horrors of magical warfare and Highlander times. It's obviously Highlander times because Clancy Brown is here. Also, for reasons that are never quite explained, there are gargoyles. These ain't your great-great-great-great-and-so-on-grandfather's gargoyles, though. These ugly-ass stone statues come to life at night, and they hatch from eggs in a cave. Again, never quite explained. They're real because the show is called Gargoyles. Shut up, that's why. These gargoyles defend the castle against Viking hordes. Only one of them, the broody and awesomely voiced by Keith David Goliath, actually has a name. This will obviously change before the end of the miniseries because you can't sell action figures with no names. Goliath is betrayed by the humans, and most of the gargoyles in their stone statue forms are literally shattered to death. I told you the show was pretty hardcore. Then the remaining gargoyles and Goliath go to sleep for a thousand years, and I'm glossing over a few extra plot beats here, but we really need to get on with things. So now it's the extreme 90s, and we're in New York for some reason, and a charismatic rich dude with an X in his name has revived the gargoyles for his no doubt benevolent purposes. Meet Xanatos who looks like Jonathan Frakes with a ponytail and also sounds like Jonathan Frakes, and there's a logical reason for this that you can probably work out for yourself. <laughs> he, he ends up being evil, but not before tricking Goliath and his still unnamed compadres into recovering three essential computer disks from three different locations around the city. 
Ah, someone's taken a page from the How to Write a G.I. Joe miniseries book. Except there are no ninjas in drag or mogwai knockoffs to be found here, just broody old Goliath and that purple-haired lady cop. These two are clearly dating now, and suddenly an entire generation of monster fuckers makes sense to me. This is bad news to Goliath's original girlfriend, played by Marina Sirtis, who's clearly delighted at being able to camp things up a bit for a change. She also ends up being evil and gives herself a name, Demona, in case you weren't clear on the point. The other gargoyles assume names based on things they saw around New York, which I guess is supposed to be cute, but they did this in the movie Splash already, which I guess is remaining true to the show's monster-fucking roots. So now we have a series premise. The Gargtroyal and Evil Riker with an X are in cahoots with Goliath and swear to remain ever vigilant for the nocturnal rooftops of this new metropolitan home. This also seems familiar to me somehow. Except this Batman has three Robins in the form of what I can only call Teen Gargoyle Squad! Teenager! Other Teenager! And the Fat One! He also has a dog gargoyle on his team, voiced obviously by Frank Welker. And then there's my favorite one, the cranky old man who just wants to sit around watching TV with the dog. I knew the show would win me over eventually. There's a lot going on here, and a lot of it is owed to, owed to Ninja Turtles being on the air. Oh? Oh, this is this was the format. This is the format back then. Was the the guy and his te- and his team of very similar characters, all with one unique uh, character flaw. See, I am almost completely unfamiliar with the Ninja Turtles. I could oh, say their I could say their four names if you mm-hmm. re- if you like made me, and I don't know a single thing about them beyond that. Oh, um, okay. So I was a huge Turtles fan back in the yeah, day, and this show loom that show looms heavily over this and most of the other boys' cartoons at the time. See, the interesting thing about that, and and I swear to Christ, I'm not just doing this to drop the name, mm-hmm. but uh, David Wise, who is a, uh, he wrote for Transformers, he actually wrote for Star Trek the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and most cartoons you and I both grew up on. Oh yeah, I've seen his name all over stuff. Yeah, and and just happened to comment on one of my Transformers reviews of his episode, and I wrangled that into a podcast appearance. Mm-hmm. And seriously, not doing this to to humble brag, I swear to Christ. What my point is, he created sort of the TV version of the Turtles. Mm-hmm. He like like yeah, the the comics versions uh, were created by uh, Eastman and Laird. Is that oh right? yeah, but yeah. yeah. But he made the versions that, that you and a lot of kids your age were familiar with. Sure. And he also worked in all those 80s. Like, what I'm saying is he built on the stuff from the 80s. Like, I recognize this from Transformers and G.I. Joe and so forth. Like, mm-hmm. it's all sort of related. It didn't just start with Turtles. That guy oh, no. drew from the stuff that he did in the cartoons I grew up on. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like an evolutionary chart. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm just saying, like, Turtles was fucking huge at the, like, at the time. Oh, yeah, that I do. A lot of other cartoons noticed it. Yeah. No, and and this is, you gotta give it credit. This has a very unique premise. Uh Uh-huh. That I do not know how someone pitched. This whole thing is, just watching it, and, like, you know, I've I've seen it from, like, before, but, like, I never watched it regularly. But all of this was just, like, baffling to me that this existed yeah in like 1994 i want to say no and and batman the animated series definitely also looms larger yeah because it's it's two years after that in Mm -hmm. time enough for them to look at it and say "Ooh, like we disney the other major animation studio need to compete with warner brothers and do something like sort of uh you know dark but also for kids they've got this like uh (laughs) 
they've got this this dark brooding show that's winning Emmys. We want it yeah. on that train. And they're Disney, so they have the resources. Yeah. And for for a TV show, it looks good. Like I was expecting a little better, I guess, because I never watched Disney an- Afternoon, so I guess I didn't really know what to expect animation wise. Sure. And yeah, they cut some corners, and they 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 you know. I mean, like, the show looks fine. You know, no, it like, looks, the animation's fine. It looks very good for a, for a car, for a TV cartoon for like mm-hmm. a daily like they made you know a hundred episodes or whatever cartoon. It looks very good. I was just unfairly comparing it to Disney films. Sure. Which is insane, and I shouldn't do that. Yeah, um, that's a fair point. But also uh, comparing it to Batman, and it's not quite as good as Batman. Well, no, Batman in, was the best in show terms of animation. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, it absolutely was. But again, I watched these in a block, and these shows are very like different enough that this isn't just a copy, but tonally very similar. Mm. And you know, uh, let's go into your good thing because this is one of the biggest surprises. Okay, so this surprised the shit out of me. Out of me. This show is violent. People die. There are guns that are actual guns that shoot bullets instead of lasers. Goliath bleeds red blood at one point. They say the word death a bunch of times. They said someone says hell at one point. Mm-hmm. Like this shit was in, unheard of in the nineties. Like yeah. where was broadcast standards and practices? Yelling at the X-Men cartoon, I assume. Did the X-Men cartoon get in a lot of trouble? They got a ton of shit for this. Like, there was all these weird arbitrary rules for stuff you could and couldn't do. Like, can't say death. You have to say destroyed or ended. Well, that's also, like, 80s cartoons did a lot of that, too. Like, that probably continued. Yeah, I don't know how they got away with that, because you're right. And there are, like, at the beginning, there's, like, human soldiers. Like, okay, what I was thinking is, all right, they're gargoyles. They're weird magical creatures that don't exist and turn into statues. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can sort of do the robot rule. Yeah. Because, like, you know, when you make your bad guys robots, you can kill as many as you want because mm-hmm. they're not they're not people. Um, sorry, Bender. And um, donk, donk. <laughs> but uh, no, at the beginning, they're throwing humans off the very high castle and oh, they don't parachute get, out. No, people they, definitely get murdered in that opening fight. Yeah. And then the dude takes and I don't know my medieval weapons because that's not the kind of nerd I am. Mm-hmm. What's the spiky thing on the stick? Oh, a mace. Yeah, I always like confuse that in a, has. I always confuse that in a morning star. Yeah, morning star is on a on a on a, a chain, chain, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is off the chain. Yeah, and, this whole uh, show's off the chain. Yeah, uh, and uh, the dude takes that thing uh, when they're in statue form and smashes them to tiny little pebbles and just murders a shit ton of gargoyles. And then Goliath and they, shows up later to go, "They murdered my people." Yeah, no, and they made it very clear, like they did. It, it's not like they got by by. Well, kids aren't going to understand what's happening here. Someone just smashed some statues. Mm-hmm. No, they showed them turning to stone a couple times, so you understand there's a living oh, yeah. thing in there. Like, sometimes that's the trick. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but but you didn't have that information, so you don't really see it that way. No, you knew there's a living guy in there. Yeah. And helpless to stop this this dude from just smashing him to pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there was, a, there was a whole army of these guys just murdered. Yeah. It, like, what? <laughs> yeah. That is badass. No, I just sort of sat here just... What? I... <sighs> Yeah. They didn't do this stuff on Batman. Uh, Batman, they, they, there was some death in that show. There was a, I, I remember a couple of people, specifically the one episode my mom ever watched with me and my brother. Someone oh, died, God. and I was like, of course. Yeah. Couldn't have done the fucking Penguin episode. Well, at least it wasn't like a sexy episode. I mean, that's true. That's the other thing when your mom says to watch something with you. It's like, oh, just, oh no, not this one, please. Does Poison Ivy always look like this? Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Oh, we're watching Star Trek, huh? What, what's this one? Sub Rosa, huh? All right. Oh, no. Uh, 
yeah. No, it was like and surprisingly adult in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, who who is this for? I guess is my question. I mean, I guess like, you know, 10 to 13 year olds, that sort of demographic. Yeah, I guess I would have been uh, as a as age. a 10 to 13 year old boy. I would have loved this fucking show. Yeah. If I, I had known true. it happened, I think I was watching crap at the time. Yeah. No. And, and I mentioned this in my summary as as not really a joke. But I really want to talk about this, the the monster fucker thing. And I don't say that like, yeah, it sounds funny. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. But I mean that sincerely, like people who got something like sexual out of the shape of water. Yeah, there is. And I we don't we don't judge. We don't kink shame. And we have a proud tradition of that that goes back 10 years to the very first podcast we ever recorded. We oh, talked yeah. about furries and we we both said right then and there, look, whatever you're into, dude. Yeah, let's not like. But we consciously and, you know, we might slip sometimes, but for the yeah. most part, we've we've both tried very hard to say, look, like we're we're, we're cool with all of it. It's mm-hmm. fine. We're not going to we're not going to make cheap shots, cheap jokes at whatever you're into. It's just a thing I was not aware of until recently, and I don't understand it. That's not the same as thinking it's bad or wrong. I just don't like. Really, you want to you want to have sex with something that doesn't exist, like because I'm such a hardcore sort of atheist and like uh-huh. rationalist It's like. Okay, but that's a fantasy you can never fulfill. Why would you have that? I mean, fantasy, Al. <laughs> yeah, but it's I a don't fantasy. Know. I like to fantasize about things that are possibly within my grasp. I guess that's just that's just me. I'm going to go out and imagine having sex with a normal human woman. Yes. <laughs> Not necessarily woman. <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I just it's something that I never quite got, and you told me a while back that furries, a lot mm-hmm. of them sort of had that s- switch flipped watching uh Chippendale rescue Rangers. Oh yeah. And I've later heard also, um, uh, Disney's Robin hood, Disney's Robin hood, Thundercats, I think was a big one. Huh. Um, uh, what else? There's a few of these. Uh, yeah. Basically what, I, what we're getting, Disney's Disney has a lot to, has a lot, uh, yeah. is, is uh, responsible for a lot of, uh, uh psyches at this point yeah no a lot of a lot of kinks uh, mm-hmm. uh originated from disney probably not intending it but uh, my point is um the cop and i probably should have written her name down at some point and i didn't oh man um purple purple haired cop yeah you know who I mean. elite eliza elise it's something like that yeah anyway she uh and and goliath like this was not a joke they very clearly eliza. are an item like from the beginning, they're an item, and uh, Demona is like visibly uh, jealous about it. And there's a there's a whole sequence I see in your notes. You you reference the uh, Superman. Uh, Can you read my mind? Yeah, they're flying through the city, and like there's clearly a romantic connection forming. Yeah, and he's a big looming monster with fangs and wings, and mm-hmm. she's into it. And so, oh, that's where this comes from. Okay, well, yeah, I get. And the thing is, I I. I got it on a character level. Mm-hmm. Like I was buying it because of the writing and the voice acting. I just, I never really thought of it before. Well, he's a big shirtless dude with the voice of Keith David. Who wouldn't want to go for that? But putting the physical stuff aside, mm-hmm. just in terms of pure character, he's like, it's a very standard and not in a bad way. It's not like a, like a bad cliche, but it's a very standard. Uh, I'm, I'm new and, and unfamiliar with your ways. <laughs> I'm new in town. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And I'm going to show you around. 
Is is that inaccurate? No, no, that's exactly right. But you know, the outsider needs someone who's familiar with the the new surroundings to uh, to to show them around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I I bought their connection. This Again, cra- this crazy New York is in some ways more savage than the world I come from. And the thing is, it could have been that cheesy, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like they they handled all that really well. Oh, the writing's I w- real good in this. Uh, for the most part, I will say there was um, for a '90s cartoon, like yeah, I don't know. I'm probably and I'm probably going to do this a lot as we watch other shows. I, I hold things to a pretty high standard, mm-hmm. just because I don't know, because I like to watch things that are good. Sure, but uh, and also again, Batman. I'm comparing it to a contemporary. Well, look, you're yeah, you're <laughs> the no, best th- cartoon that was on TV at the time. Like yeah, for the most part, you're absolutely right. But in particular, that scene we're talking about where they fly through the city. Mm-hmm. I feel like it went by too quickly. I feel like that should have been him seeing things and reacting to things with yeah. sort of a sense of wonder. What's this? And and... They clearly made <laughs> one big painting for the city and they didn't have the budget to show the things he was looking at. So it was over in like five seconds. Yeah. And that probably wasn't a writing thing. That was probably a production thing. Well, and also, you, like, you know, for as well written and whatever as this show is, you still got to get back to the actions for so that the kids watching don't lose interest. I, I guess. You got to sell know. the toys, man. But as a kid, making the characters cool made mm. me more, maybe want to buy the toys more than seeing them fight. But I know I was sort of in the minority. I mean, yeah. It's just that, I, I mean... I understand you're right, mm-hmm. but more, there were some more fight scenes there. If you tri- like this could have been a tight three episodes. It felt a little bloated at five. Well, here's the thing. Um, Disney afternoon shows. And this is in that even if it what didn't air that way, this is in the vein of that. They would do this. They would do a five episode pilot because oh, that the was... show came out every day of the week. No, that that goes back to like syndicated cartoons at least as far back as the eighties, like Transformers mm-hmm. and GI Joe did it, Thundercats did it, like all the yeah. all the major toy <laughs> toy commercial shows did it. But like I remember Rescue Rangers did this, uh yeah. DuckTales did this. No, I'm not I'm not I think they stopped by the time they got to Goof Troop, because how do you fill five episodes with that? I but I, I have no idea. I've never seen any of these Darkwing shows. Darkwing Duck did this, I just remembered. I watched DuckTales because I loved the comics and that mm-hmm. was in the eighties when I still felt like you know, I wasn't in that brief period where I was ashamed to be watching cartoons, which mm-hmm. is that's on me. Uh, but I did watch that, and then after that, I didn't see any other Disney stuff. So you probably but, actually um, would have liked Darkwing Duck. It was a pretty good maybe, superhero show. Maybe. Um, but uh, I, I just it, I don't disparage them doing a five parter. What I disparage is there wasn't enough plot for the five parter. Yeah, like it, it, it been, does feel very, uh, very uh, strained at parts. Like the whole first part is in. Uh, old Scotland mm-hmm. and it could have been that could have been half the episode or that yep. could have been like the first act of the first episode like yeah it's important backstory but it went on for a really long time yeah. well you got to get into the whole politics and stuff and no that's even queen. allowing for that even allowing for all that mm. and I'm sure they were seeding characters they're going to bring back at some point oh totally like they made a big deal out of these eggs yeah. you know gar- gargoyle eggs <laughs> I don't know. I spent a lot of time thinking about that. Who laid these eggs? This raises a lot of questions. How do they hatch? What do they eat? Like, uh, whatever. Um, I didn't see that. We only saw one one female gargoyle. So, yeah, is she is it a Smurfette situation? I, maybe I don't know. Or did all the other women die in that that horrible massacre? I mean, I would uh, like that makes sense, but we never saw any. Like, 
Well, we, 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 we didn't like, see much of those guys that got killed is the thing. They that, were they were in the background for a yeah, minute. Yeah, that's that's the thing. If we had seen more of the guys that got killed, but we spent too much time with the Teen Gargoyle Squad. Yeah, we'll get to that. And um, Old Man, who actually quite like. I liked him a lot. Um, but, okay, but uh, so they, they hatched from eggs, mm-hmm. and they made a point of pointing this out two or three times and talking about protecting them. Mm-hmm. And then we come to the present, and someone just sort of hand waves and says, oh, they're all dead. Yep. I, that can't possibly be true. They of course are, not. They are going to come back as further gargoyles later in the series, I can almost guarantee. Oh, yeah. That's that's a, and, you know, that's a good writing trick. Mm-hmm. Like, so it doesn't feel like you pulled new characters out of your ass. You're like, no, we they got some stuff here. away. Yeah. When when wave two of the toys comes out, we got a way to bring them in pretty easy. Yeah. And also we'll, ha- we'll provide armor for the characters who don't have any yet. Uh-huh. Well, there are this, the robo gargoyles. This, this, this time Goliath's fighting people in Ice World. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, you don't have litter pickup Batman, which is the quintessential example of that. I love litter pickup Batman and fishing Spider-Man, the best one. The, the Batman like for a while they were releasing versions of Batman in all different like every possible color. You know, it's basically oh, I remember, like yeah. a character builder in a video game but in action figure form. Mm-hmm. And there was a bright orange like fluorescent orange batman like what the fuck is this for no, no, did he my, get community service my, my, my favorite is 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 fisherman spider-man i don't came. know fisherman spider-man i'll find you a picture because it's really fucking funny but um does, does he have a fisherman's hat yes he does with like with like hooks and shit in it oh god and like hip waders it's it was oh, so- amazing i saw it in an issue at toy fair so it's not like me making the dumb joke about well this looks like he's picking up litter he, he literally was supposed to be a fisherman yep Huh. See, and like Batman would have like there was Ice Batman who was white and light blue. Just yep, the dumbest is. thing ever. That didn't even take long to find. Oh my god. Good. Well, I hate doing show notes because it's too much work. But Google that. Yeah. If you want to see what we're talking about. Um. But uh, you know, like I, some of the plotting could have been a little better, but for the oh, most yeah. part, the writing the writing was solid. Uh, my good thing was. The voice cast, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's nice to hear, you know, D, D and Bill mm-hmm. again. Like, uh, uh, and Ed Asner was the old man that I liked. He oh, yeah, good. yeah. Now that you say that, it's like, of course it's Ed Asner. I've got that thing. Like, this is this is one of my few talents that mm-hmm. I actually have is when I, when I hear, uh, like, watching cartoons, when I hear a voice, I can almost always say, oh, that's that guy, if mm-hmm. I know who it is. Like, if it's... No one I've heard of, obviously I can't, but like I'm I'm very good at that. Like, mm-hmm. Ooh, Ed Esner. And um he was like I seriously, he was kind of the grumbly old man who once he discovered TV just kinda of wanted to kick back and watch TV yeah, and right. hang out with the uh, dog and I'm gonna stay here and look after the castle. Com- complains about his back problems at one point. <laughs> this is a kid's cartoon and there's an old man complaining about his back. I'm trying to figure out how the lazy boy works. Yeah, who's my favorite character? Ugh. Oh, my sciatica. <laughs> and Esner, also the only one who uh, bothered to do even a tiny bit of an accent. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, but that, yeah. Can, can we take a sec? These guys no, came from, from Scotland, and yeah. they all have American accents. Even Marina Sirtis, who does not have an American accent at all. Yeah, no, she did a little more British than she usually does, but it wasn't full-on I mean, real her voice. actual voice would have worked perfectly well. Yeah, no, and... The thing is, I get that as a style choice. If mm. people can't do Scottish accents, then everyone just like it's kind of like when you watch a movie about ancient Rome and everyone's British. Sure, 
There's no reason for that. It's just we all decided to do the same accent. That's it, that's fine. It just it se- it just seems strange to me that these guys who who like not just Scotland but came from like Europe, you know, even that, and well, they're all like, well, Goliath. I think I mean Marina Sirtis might be the only one that I can think of mm. who actually is. Uh, but apart from that, all the incidental characters, all the the sort of character voice actors, yeah. were doing Scottish accents, and then all our main characters weren't. Exactly. That's why it stood out. Uh, and the ones who were doing them, by the way, were really bad. Uh-huh. But I liked Ed Asner's sort of vague. He gave him a little bit of a brogue. Yeah. Like, it wasn't... He it says wasn't a boot full... at one point, which I thought was delightful. No, and it wasn't full-on Mike Myers. No. It was just a little bit here and there. Oh, and that, that. that would have been unwatchable. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. In the 90s, that was... Oh, I'm a gargoyle. Uh, but uh, the obvious, uh, the the best uh, voice guy, uh, Keith David, by yep. far. So good. The show is good, but sorry, Keith David's too good for the show. Yeah. Just vocally, just that voice is just, it takes me out of it because yeah. there's so many sort of jobbing voice actors that I recognize, sort of guys that I know from other cartoons who are fine, mm-hmm. good enough for your toy commercial. And then it's, and then this voice comes in and it's like, oh shit. This you why these two things don't belong together. Yeah, no, right. This is like Orson Welles in the Transformers movie all over again. It it really enhances Goliath's character too. Oh no, it absolutely like, does. I mean, look, the design's fine on him, but like that voice coming out of him is just like, whoa. Hi yeah, there. No, it's it's sort of next level stuff. Yeah. And of course, the the reason I chose this first, like we have a few uh, Patreon suggestions. The reason I chose this first is sort of the transition out of Star Trek, because in addition to Marina Sirtis and Jonathan Frakes, there are tons of Star Trek people who show up on this show. Oh, yeah. I actually uh, there's there's a list here. Uh, Michael Dorn. Mm-hmm. See, Kate, I thought Kate, I, I thought he played Goliath when I was when I was a kid. For yeah, I don't No, No, he did not. Uh, Kate Mulgrew, mm-hmm. Michelle Nichols, Brent Spiner. Avery Brooks. Oh, jeez. That's a good pull, because that guy doesn't do, like, a lot of, you know, sort of one-off stuff. Watch out, Xanatos. I'm a gargoyle. Uh, Cole Meany uh, and LeVar Burton. Wow. So lots of Star Trek. That's people. a shit t- I'm actually surprised Patrick Stewart wasn't in there. Uh, I guess he wasn't uh, doing voice acting at the time. Uh, no, no, no. I read. Uh, they asked him, uh, and his representation asked for too much money. Ah, uh, makes sense. Which is, yeah, it's disappointing That's when f- it's like... All his friends are mm. doing it. Just, you know what? I want to be on Gargoyles. Yeah, just, just you know. Just, I, could uh, be, I could be a king again. Yeah. But still, tons of Star Trek people showed up. And it feels like once they got one or two of them, is mm-hmm. like, next time you're back over on the Paramount lot, could you ask Brent if he'd be interested in doing this? Yeah, yeah it, right? felt, it felt like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is fun. We'll, we'll ask him. And we, we know all those guys are, you know, friendly. So. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, voice acting, from what I've heard, voice acting is, like, fun, and you don't have to put on, you can wear your pajamas. Matt, from what you've heard, you've been voice acting for me for ten years. Oh my god, that's true. You voiced a video game. These are the things you don't think about when you're in it. Hmm. You are a voice actor. I guess, yeah. Also, you, you've been paid for the last couple months, you're a paid voice actor. What a weird life. <laughs> yep, it's pretty great, huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the voice cast, I just, I loved, um, here's the thing we disagree on looking mm-hmm. at your notes. Yes. I did not like any of the other audio stuff. You, you apparently liked the music. Oh, I liked I the music quite a bit. The... Oh, I, oh, I thought it was terrible. It felt like they had 30 seconds of music that they stretched out to fill two hours. 
Well, I mean, that's probably true, but I like yeah. that music, so I didn't mind. Uh, mm, I did not care for it. Also, the actual sound effects were awful. Like there were there were certain moments that should have been sort of majestic or, mm-hmm. or like dark or, you know, like haunting. And then you'd hear this like plunk, <laughs> and like, oh, this fucking Scooby Doo. What's going on? Well, we're Disney. We only have access to so many sounds. They're Disney. They have access to the entire known universe. <laughs> I mean, they own everything now, but even back then they were. They own you know, most things. Yeah. Now they own all things. Uh-huh. It just, uh, I don't know. It felt like I, it really surprised me. I thought, mm. I thought they were better about that, but, uh, like I also voice... don't have the ear for voice stuff or for uh, sound effects that you do. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. It takes me out of a scene when uh, also it takes me out of a scene when every single TV show, live action or animated uses the exact same door opening and closing sound drives me nuts. Uh, uh-huh. but, but this, no, there were just some choices and <clears throat> I, I did not care for the music and some of the sounds like it it felt very 90s to me. There were a lot of things that they used, like, in The Tick. Oh, yeah, I can just, see that. Like, I don't know. And The Tick was supposed to be a little cheesy, so that was okay. Mm-hmm. So, eh, I don't know. Just one of those things that bugged me. Um, but speaking of things that bugged me, and we both kind of have the same bad thing, but mine's specific. So yeah, you, we can get into specifics here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the Teen, the teen Gargoyle Squad suck. Uh-huh. They do absolutely nothing and they don't have a place in the show like you guys had a five-part pilot find something for your cast to do also i get why they're here because again we had to sell action figures okay i don't get why they're here this is an argument i've always heard well kids have to have a relatable character when you were a kid did you like the kid character in anything i hate i i i hated the kid characters always yeah, me too. And maybe like we're in the minority. The mas- but... Like the mascot or whatever. Yeah, like... there was always one. Yeah. There was I'm... always in, in all of these shows, there was like, oh, and the kid. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it goes back to like Robin and probably before that even. Yeah, except that I like Robin. But there are lots of versions of Robin that suck. Yeah. No, it's that's just absolutely true. They've had 80 years to, to look at the concept and come up with a good angle on it. Yeah. But like the whole, like we have this character, Dottie. That is like a, an old uh, adventure serial uh, sidekick mm-hmm. who ends up becoming her own hero. And the whole idea for me was like when I did the research and listened to all these old like 30s adventure radio plays and uh, uh, like the serials and the, the the film serials is looking at these terrible kid sidekicks and like I want to do the opposite of that. I want her to be the best one. Yeah, right. Because they were all terrible. This goes back like to like, you know, the adventure serials of the 30s. Oh, like, totally. What is this for? We gotta save Squitchy from the that crow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a show I want to see now. Save Squitchy from that crow. <laughs> but okay. But even even all of that said, mm-hmm. there's three of them. Yeah. Well, again, and, it feels like the it feels like the Ninja Turtles thing. But I get the action figure thing. Just mm-hmm. put. They don't have to all be kids. Like. You got Goliath, you got old man and dog, like put a couple of old like, man and dog, like put a, put a square jawed hero type, like not the brooding type, mm-hmm. like someone who's, who's heroic and you know, I, I'll save you, yeah. but like, not like Goliath or that's just off the top of my head. I'm sure well, I can he, come up more. Or here's the thing. Another woman. Yeah. That would be great. What? Yeah. Unheard of. It was 1994. I, there's, there's always come on. That's that's bullshit. There yeah, were no, three women, at least three women, off the top of my head, on the GI Joe team, and mm-hmm. two more on Cobra. 
Four on X-Men. Uh, tons on X-Men. Yeah. Like, there's there's always, like, room for that. And mm-hmm. shows were doing it all the time. Yeah. It's just laziness. Yeah. It's it, not it, like the network wouldn't is. let them. Yeah. But I, well, it's that weird, like, well, this show is for boys. There's only, it's, we got to have boys doing boy stuff. No girls. Okay, girls buy dolls. Why is there this huge romance in it then? You got me. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, that's a terrible thing, like, marketing to boys, but that is a thing that they did. Yeah, that's absolutely a thing. Like, I hate it. I always hated it. I hated it back then and mm-hmm. I hate it now, but that is a thing. So why does the, uh, the uh, Goliath and, the, the lady cop story, why is that such a big part of it? Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell Boys you. don't want that. By, huge... by that conventional logic, boys do not want that. No. So, yeah, As yeah, a boy back then, I can pretty much guarantee that that would have bored me. Mm. It wouldn't have bothered me, but I'm saying thinking like a TV executive mm-hmm. and like a, like a toy marketing person. Yeah. Like, you don't want that in your boy show, right? Because traditionally, boys don't like that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. That might be the, uh, well, we're also trying to win Emmys with this thing. Could be. Let's put a romance in. We're, look, we're planting the seed here. One day Guillermo del Toro will thank us for this. <laughs> also, speaking of modern directors, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this. Jordan Peele uh-huh. pitched his own Gargoyles project to Disney last year. No shit. This wasn't like a long time ago while he was just doing sketch. Like, this was after he won his Oscar. Uh-huh. And he had the clout to, like... Now he gets to do what he I wants. He gets a, a blank. I want to make a gargoyles movie. Yeah, he gets a blank check for a little while. That's pretty awesome. And he pitched it, and I don't know if it's happening. Like, there's nothing about it after the initial pitch. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea. But yeah, uh, Google uh, Jordan Peele gargoyles. I think it's, it's awesome just, that that's like one of like. Oh, I love this when I was a kid, and I think we could. I think I could do it great now. I mean, I would watch it absolutely. I mean, at this point, I'd watch anything that guy does. But, yeah, of course. Like, have you but, seen yeah, us yet? God damn. I have not because uh, my wife can't uh, sit in a movie for two hours. Ah, so. shit, that's right. Yeah, so I would like to very much, and I don't go see many movies, but I really wanted to see. Uh, it, it, it's very, very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, coming back to the to the Charles the the Charles Gargoyle. I was impressed with myself that I said the word gargoyles correctly every time in my summary because it's easy to lose yourself. Gargoyle. Yeah. Uh. I, so, yeah, the comic relief children, uh, not great. There are three of them. Mm-hmm. Two of them are basically identical. Yeah, the Red Guy had nothing to do. Like, like there's two of them who are just sort of, I'm a teen boy, and I'm a teen boy. Like, Green ki- Green Guy, uh, he's like, I think he's like, the, he's the Donatello. Like, he's the, the, there's always like the smart guy who builds stuff. And I'm sure, I think that's who he's supposed to be. Well, they didn't have enough time to get him to do that. But if you recognize that, then all right, that's a, yeah. that's a valid role. Well, there's that part where he's like, I want to see how that motorcycle works. And I'm sure. Ah, okay. Yeah. I remember fine. something about him being like the tech guy. Okay. Then what about the other one? Now, are we talking about red guy or fat guy? No, no, no. We'll talk about fat guy in a minute. Because red, no- red guy does nothing. And like, I don't that's know what anything I'm about him. Yeah, no, that's the thing. There are there are three of them, mm-hmm. and at least like putting aside what I'm about to say, there uh, two of them are almost exactly the same. Yeah, like why have them? And yeah. then then you have the third one, Ugh. the fat one. This is the and worst the, thing about the entire goddamn show. The joke is he's always eating. <laughs> oh god, this is so fun. There was always the goddamn fat guy on like. And if they made the joke once, I would just look past it. I would say, well, that's just an easy, cheap joke, whatever. But it's but it all was, he does. 
it, yeah, it wasn't just jokes. It was his motivation. His character was motivated by finding food to eat. Yeah, and, and, like, also, like, if he was, like, the fat guy, but also, like, he was still, like, like you know, like, he was fighting guys or, like, he had something else going on. No, then, they're usually the coward. Yeah, but instead he just sort of, like, twice, in two different big battles in this show, he's just sitting there eating crap. Yeah, that's, and he's like, oh, I'm hungry, but you just ate. I know. <sighs> it's just, It's so dumb. It's bad, man. It's real bad. And, I mean, you know, yeah, we're looking at this as grown-ass men in 20-now-teen, mm. but it's it's real easy to look back on that and say, well, this is probably why a lot of fat kids got made fun of. Uh-huh. Because cartoons made this a joke, and kids are like, hey, yeah, I'm going to make fun of Timmy when I go to school tomorrow. Like, really? That's, that's, a, that's a real short leap there. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not great. It's bad. It's real bad, and I hate it. Also... Putting that aside and, and saying, okay, let's let's turn that off for a minute and just see, is it funny? Because, you know, sometimes tasteless jokes can still be funny. I try not to, sure. like, encourage that kind of thing now. But they, they still, like, some South Park stuff, I am ashamed to admit, I probably shouldn't be laughing at if I want to, like, oh, be yeah. more socially conscious. But it still makes me laugh. I don't care. Yeah. Um, still, just on pure comedic terms, not funny. It's not. It's just not it's funny. Anno- it's annoying. It's like, God, dude, stuff's happening. People are dying. Go get out there. And they're no, trying to lighten. They're trying to lighten the dark stuff. I get that. Oh yeah. But there's a way to do that, and this is not it. And I mean, on a show like this, like I could totally see them needing that too. Like, of course. I mean, Batman had that too. Like, it's a, it's this is a dark show. I, uh, yeah, that's why Batman had like, you know, villains who were goofy, mm. or like Alfred making his sarcastic comments, and I then drew later Bath Master Bruce. Later, you had uh, Robin and Batgirl, yep. like. They, they were because they never compromised Bruce. Yeah. Like he was always like, and he got more that way as the show went and into, into justice league, Batman beyond. That's the thing is like Batman beyond was the, the, the end of the line, but like in the middle you had a JLU and you can kind of see, mm. you can connect the dots like, Oh, he got worse and then he got worse. And then he turned into old man, Bruce. Yep. And they never ever compromised that, but they surrounded him by people who could be light and funny. That's the way you do that, mm-hmm. but eh, not like this. Yeah, no, this is, ugh. Yeah, this is just dumb and not good. Yeah. Um, what else? Well, so we got, uh, we got, uh, uh, Riker, as, or, uh, we got Jonathan Frakes as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Who, my note here is, damn, why did I ever trust this New York billionaire? I think, <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> I think, like, they did a decent job. Like, I knew because I'd seen the show mm-hmm. that he was the bad guy. But they did a good job of getting us to trust him a little bit there's if a couple in of cold. The, there's a couple of these in that, like, uh, where, like, like at the beginning, the the I totally thought that the evil Magus guy was going to be the, the, the traitor. And it was, like, Goliath's friend, the captain of the guard. And I'm like, wow, really? No, the magic guy just, like, uh, overreacted. Yeah. Like, he thought his sister was dead, and he did something stupid, and then it was too late. And that's much better than him just being evil. Yeah. That was adding a nice extra dimension to that. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're right. He was betrayed by a guy who we thought we trusted. Like, that's impressive for a fucking 90s cartoon. Like To surprise you? Yeah. That never happens. You know, your your jaded 35-year-old ass who's seen everything at this Mm -hmm. point? Yeah, everything. I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... 
the uh, and and honestly, Xanatos for the first couple of episodes, I didn't like. I mean, again, I knew he was going to be the bad guy, but they did a good job of making him seem kind of trustworthy. Yeah, and a kid probably didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, it's it really surprised me. Like around episode three, they'd start doing this thing where Goliath would leave the room and he'd say, "Yes, for now," or you know that soon kind of thing. my plan will come to fruition. Yeah, what was but that? For the f- Nothing. First, first... People talk to themselves in the tw- in the twentieth century. Get yeah, this is the thing we do now. <laughs> I will uh, never understand these humans. But he even did this sort of cute thing where he's he knows they're from a thousand years ago and he's relating to them mm-hmm. in their terms, and he's saying like a disc is like a magic talisman with with a spell on it or yeah. something, and like it it was a little cheesy, but it was also like no, oh, it's it's cool. He's doing that extra effort. My my question here is what. Why did he spend? Because he spends all of this money to buy the castle that they, that the gargoyles are in, and then he has it flown from England or from Scotland, I should say, to yeah. to New York, so he can put it on the roof of his building. Well, the whole the whole the spell was they won't come back to life until the castle reaches the clouds or yeah. something, and we're like, what? Yeah, oh, whatever. <laughs> but it's very it's very cursy, you know. Uh huh. But like, so he does it, and I'm like. Okay, like, what's the big plan here? And apparently, the big plan was to make gargoyle robots and to to kill the gargoyles. Also, the whole time that action sequence was happening, I'm just like, how? Why? Yeah. If you have the technology to make robots, why would you? Why? Like, I, I'm sitting you, here, I'm just like, is is the plan to make them his soldiers? Like, he does that for like ten minutes to steal the discs, but once that's done, he's just like, ah, fuck it, I got robots. I got the impression that. Because he was working with Demona the whole time. Oh, did I, you get the impression that he was definitely fucking her? Because that's the impression I, I got. I mean, once the door was open with Goliath and the cop, mm-hmm. yeah. I had, I wouldn't have thought about that before. Also, as soon as, because, as soon as she walks out that door, oh, I see what's happening. Yeah, but I feel like she probably talked him into it. Mm-hmm. She's He's like, we could just study him. And she's like, no, you must, you must revive them. You know, because... She's still got, like, loyalty to her people. She's yeah. evil now, but she's still got, like, she wants her people back. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was part of it. Also, this is weird. I could have sworn up and down that her name was Desdemona and not just Demona. Well, there's fucking tons of Shakespeare stuff coming up. There is, and that would be, like, yeah. The, like, just my, straight my... up full-on adaptations of, like, entire Shakespeare plays with these characters. Oh, wow. Okay. No, um, I as soon as the first one of my first notes when the when the princess shows up is that is one Lady Macbeth looking woman. Well, the, no, there's like um, uh, when Brent Spiner shows up, he plays Puck. Oh, okay. And there's tons of that, so uh, that's fine. I mean, weird for a kids show, but fine. I mean, you know, it, that gets you that educational stuff in that was super important back then. Uh, only if you tell them it's from Shakespeare. I mean, that's fine. They can do that. Hey, this guy's yeah, from Shakespeare. What I'm saying is I don't think they did. Ah, okay. I think they just used the stories and that was it. Mm-hmm. And if you knew it, that's cool. And if you didn't, it was original to you. So that's not really educational if you don't kind of connect those dots. I mean, uh, <laughs> doing their I, best. No, no, no. I'm, I mean, I think, like, it's not educational. It was a very good show, but mm. uh, it's just entertainment. You yeah. Know? But, like... um. There's a lot of stuff that I, I imagine went over kids' heads. There's a whole subplot about how uh, the cop needed to get a search warrant. Yeah, like, right. What what ten year old watching this knows what the fuck that? I means. think I had a vague idea of what a search warrant was. I think I thought it's like, oh, it's a piece of paper you need to arrest someone. Because I was also watching Carmen Sandiego at the time, and the warrant was ah, a big deal well. back then. In that, mm-hmm. 
Did they ever find where in the world she was? No. Oh. They had a lot of kids running around on a map with poles, and they never found her. Hmm. I don't know anything about that show either. The 90s are just a blur for me because I hate them so much. <laughs> Speaking of that, the the uh, evil corporation Cyberbiotics. Oh, I knew you were going to love that. Fuck you, Cyberbiotics. Cyberbiotics. You do not get more fucking uh, uh, so 90s extreme. than that. Ugh. I hated it so much. Cyberbiotics was the bad guy of every 90s cartoon show. Yeah, except the twist was that it was not... Uh... They were not evil. It no, was just they were like, just people uh, who di- who worked in cyber and biotics. Yes, just uh, Riker with an X was tricking them. Mm-hmm. He tricked uh, also, them with a trick. Also, I discovered uh, looking through like Wikipedia and stuff that uh, Diane Duane wrote for this show. Oh, wow, that's so the, pretty impressive. The Star Trek connection wasn't just with the performer. She uh, wrote some of the best uh, Trek novels. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Oh, and I did not put together. So Xanatos is his last name. His first name is David. Yeah. Because David and, and Goliath. Goliath. Yeah. I did not catch that. That's, I mean, I guess since I didn't catch it, I can't roll my eyes at it. Uh-huh. But. It's like, yeah. okay, well, Gargoyles, you won this round. I guess, I guess it's clever in that I didn't see it immediately. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this. First of all, we we talked about the eggs already. Like, yes. where do they come from and what? What? But um, the gargoyle dog, which I yes. like, by the way. Like, not a, not a bad addition. Sort of mm. reminded me of uh, Ace the Bat Hound from, yeah. uh, from Batman Beyond. Um, so there's gargoyle dogs. Yeah. That opens a whole weird... Does that... Are there... Gargoyle cats? Are there I, mice? I mean, are there... look, by wave three of the action figures, like, probably. <laughs> Is the gargoyle dog infested with gargoyle fleas and ticks? No, like, they go oh. away. They go away every time he gets turned to stone. Oh, but like, you know what I mean? Like what? How? Where how do you much draw the this, line? How much of this food chain exists? It's weird, right? Because like he's the only gargoyle animal we see. Well, it's only the pilot. Like, yeah. For all we know, the, I mean, the show went on for like 100 episodes. There, there could have been some. Sure. But like for right now, he's the only gargoyle animal that we see. No one ever mm-hmm. explains if he's just there. That's fine. And I don't know where any of them came from is the thing. Are yeah. they just a species that always existed and hid? Or No, this, this show super opens. Like it doesn't explain anything. And maybe it will, or maybe no. it's just uh, shut up. It's fantasy. Don't worry about it. I and mean, that's, honestly, that's an acceptable that, answer too. That's worked pretty well so, for what I've seen so far. So, yeah, like, that's fine. Yeah. I but but as a sci-fi fan, I usually want to know, like, okay, but where where did this come from? Sure. What is it? And then sometimes I regret that when it's like Enterprise. But, yeah. You know, sometimes it's interesting. But like, he's he's not sentient, but he's like he's a he's he's a smart cartoon dog. So. Yeah, he's a Frank Welker dog. Yeah, exactly. Which every dog was. Mm-hmm. Like, but not yeah, Scooby-Doo he's... level, but, like, you no, know, he no. knows to bite the bad guy. No, thankfully, he's not the Slimer of this show. Ugh. Yeah. He fights better than the teens, honestly. I, absolutely. I, look, if I had to remove anything, it wouldn't be the dog. No, of course not. Or the old man, who's also great. Yeah. No, I mean, you know. Putting jokes aside about ha he's the grumpy old man just like me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really thought it was a nice bit of color on top of the broody guy and the wacky teenager. I, I like a... his dynamic with Goliath as yeah, like he's like his advisor. Yeah, he clearly used to be the boss, but now he's old and Goliath's in charge. Yeah, but he can still mix it up when a, yeah. when a fight happens. He's he the only one that like... has a sword, which is pretty badass. Yeah, 
but also and he wears he's clothes because he's old. He's kind of getting into the 20th century. Yeah. He's like, eh, yeah, TV's all right. I mean, I don't have to leave the house today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, that sounds more and more like me. <laughs> the more you say. Yeah, all you're short is a cable eye. Yeah. Uh, I'll pass on that. Thing. Yeah, it's probably for the best. Yeah. Um, but I, I am like for comedy reasons, but also for legit curiosity reasons, curious how this all works. Mm-hmm. Like Goliath has a line about how sleep rejuvenates them. Yep. And it's like, well, well, yes, that's how sleep works for everyone. <laughs> but I'm still like, why doesn't he explain some of the things that don't make sense? No time. I, I did like a robot. <laughs> I will say as much as I was. Uh, and again, I wasn't ragging on the animation. Mm-hmm. I just, I was, I was holding it to a, a standard it couldn't possibly live up to. It was very good for a TV show, but they put extra uh, care and thought into how their uh, anatomy works. Yes. They have tails and mm-hmm. they sort of balance, like they use them in their fighting and they sort of balance on their talons instead of walking like people. Yeah. They have like uh, that sort of crooked foot. Yeah. Like it would be so easy to just use sort of the template that you use for a human walking mm-hmm. around. Well, that's the, like, they, they all look, they, they've got a unique design and like each of the, like each of the gargoyles it has a unique look to them, you know? Yeah. But often who they're designed by and who they're animated by are different people. Not mm-hmm. always, but often. And a lot of times they have to cut corners and they, well, obviously it wouldn't move like this, but it's a kid's cartoon and we have $10. So yeah. they're just going to have to walk the same way the lady cop does. Cause we already did her animation. <laughs> But no, they they put a lot of thought into the way they move. Yeah, uh, I love that they they have wings, but they can't fly. They just glide. Yes, and that's like that was that's a very good deal. They make a point of that, and then you know later when they're attacking the helicarrier, that doesn't matter at all. But like, no, it does. That's what I liked is they go to what's obviously the shield helicarrier, but with the word shield crossed out and cyberbiotics written in in crayon. Puh. But um, cyberbiotics, whoa. Yeah, syntho flavo. Ah. Ah. But no, they're flying like it's it's hovering like a hovercraft, like it's it's mm. blowing air. And when they get under the jets, it fucks with them. They oh, can't. that's what that. Okay, yeah, they can't get to the to the door because this air is pushing down and they glide, and so it fucks up the air currents. And I like that's a nice detail. Oh, that's actually very clever. It's like oh, Superman would just fly straight through those, mm-hmm. but these guys they would mess them all up. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, all right. And again, they put a lot of thought into the way they fly and the way they walk and and run and all that and like. Is very good. There's a thing that I really love the way their 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 uh, their wings fold up into like capes almost. Yeah, and I love it. It looks so good. No, it's it's a very good like again very strange idea. I don't know how someone came up with this. They just looked at a statue and said, "What if kids cartoon?" <laughs> hmm. But all right. Um, it was Batman. He finally looked down at the thing he was sitting on. Yeah. Who <laughs> uh. was also who was also basically Batman. Uh huh. I mean, we have a whole sequence where he, like, stops some muggers. Yep. And that's fine. That was very you know. good. If you're going to steal, steal from the best. Uh-huh. One of the uh, victims of the of the, that, those muggers was Margot, played by, again, Marina Sirtis. Marina Sirtis. a serious accent. Well, that is a, a common thing. You probably know this. It's a common thing uh, when you have the voice cast there. Like, you don't call everybody every day. Oh, totally. Like you have you have fifty guys on the payroll, but today we're only bringing in five, mm-hmm. so you double up, which well, is why like if you watch a show with a big cast like Transformers or GI Joe, you'd always see similar characters together because it's like you know what we got uh, we got this guy in today and he does both these characters, so save some money. Oh yeah, well that exact same scene. One of the punks is Keith David just doing it. Yeah. I am a punk, 
and he actually did a good job. Like mm-hmm. he, he's, I didn't think he had more than one voice. Mm-hmm. And it took me a minute to like, oh, yeah, good. You'll good soon learn not to doubt me again, Al. <laughs> ah, Keep yes, saving the president. <laughs> but the um, did it go on be beyond community for one confusing season? <laughs> was that the same? Yeah, that was the same season that Padgett Brewster was on. Yep. I and like then they that. both left by the second by the next season, and then the show got canceled. I thought that was the last season. No, it was season six. That was the the big, oh. uh, not Dan Harmon coming back, but I think that was the first Amazon season. Uh, no, because I did not watch the season when he left. Mm. So it is when he came back. Hmm. That I'm sure of because I I know I made it a point to Go, not watch. Uh, so. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't anyway. miss much. Anyway, the point is Marina Sirtis' American accent in that scene was dreadful. Uh-huh. Oh, no, don't mug me. <laughs> and to be clear, her voice work as Demona is very good. Oh, yeah, she's great. Again, finally letting her, like, emote a bit. hmm Because Troy was always, I mean, she complains about this all the time. Yeah. Troy was always so wooden. She had to be. Like, that's how they wrote her. Yeah. And, yeah, she got to do pain. And she had a very occasional... uh possession episode where mm-hmm. she got to be out of character but yeah. for the most part she was just flatly delivering advice to Picard and yeah. like she got to go a little nuts here and it must yeah, have been really she gets, fun for she's her. She's clearly having so much fun doing this. Yeah. And uh, Frakes too probably. Yeah. So you know. As a voice actor I can tell you that voice acting is a lot of fun. <laughs> As a person who just realized he was a voice actor. <laughs> I'm gonna get a shirt now. Yeah. Ask me about acting. my voice acting. Oh, it should be like a, a Batman 66 that would say, like, the henchman name, only it would just say voice actor. Yeah, that works, too. Yeah. All right, we should probably start wrapping this oh, up. Do you have right, any yeah. other major things to... Um, We didn't talk at all about the cop lady, and... Oh, well, let's do that. very good. She has an entire... One of the episodes, she has an entire action sequence with no gargoyles in it at all that is really badass. No, she's great, and there aren't a lot of women in this this show. It's, no. it's her and Demona, and that's it. But like, but two like is... two badass women characters in a '90s show is pretty impressive. No, and she's our human POV character, so mm. that's a, a solid choice. Like, yeah, in a show where everyone is like aliens or monsters or robots or whatever, like you always have one human to relate to them. Yeah, she's the and, April O'Neil. Yeah, and that's her. Yeah, and yeah, she is like, like. Aside from the discussion about uh, her and Goliath clearly being a thing, she on her own, you're right, is mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. And I immediately, oh, like and- I said, I immediately bought their chemistry, but mm-hmm. before that I bought her as being a pretty capable cop, too. Yeah. Oh, and also she's Latino, which is, again, like, not picking well, it, just a, a white, just another white character is pretty impressive. And it clearly felt like it was, here's Montoya. Yeah. Well, the only yeah, good that- cop in Gotham is now the only good cop on Gargoyles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that is true. Yeah. And that's fine. Again, you're mm-hmm. going to steal, steal from the best. Yep. But, you know, I didn't understand the purple hair. And, like, I don't mean, like, people who do, like, the the fashion choice to dye their hair purple. I just mean, like, it was weirdly colored. See, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it just looks like a shading thing to me. Like, how comics used to have, like, blue instead of black. Mm. Yeah, I suppose so. Like, now it is very common. You see people with purple hair, and I think it looks great. Mm-hmm. But in the 90s, it was extremely uncommon, and she would be fired from her cop job for having purple hair. I am also that's now looking. I am also now looking at a picture of her. Apparently, later in the series, she gets turned into a gargoyle, and that's another entire uh, pile of kinks right there. Oh, sure is. Uh huh. So, enjoy all that. Uh huh. All right. Anything else? Uh, I believe that's everything. All right. Uh, my quote 
weirdly enough, this made me laugh, and it was from the the teens, which uh, you, you wouldn't think. But uh, this is in the the first episode where we're doing the Scotland flashback, and uh, this this uh, sort of peasant medieval kid asks them this. I'm Tom. What's your name? Except for Goliath, we don't have names. How do you tell each other apart? We look different. I don't know. I kind of like <laughs> That's that. That's pretty good. We don't. We, we. I don't know. We can tell each other apart because we're different people, dummy. Well, that guy looks different than I do. Yeah. So, I mean, him? We, we both sound the same. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> I got a real Stinko Man vibe. Yeah, no right. No way, you're just a kid. Maybe when you're older. Yeah, well, this was the era. Yeah, it sure was. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's all for this time. That's it for uh, the first episode of Post-Atomic the Whatever first the and only episode is. of the post-atomic gargoyles. Uh-huh. Next week, uh, we will be doing the post-atomic Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Ooh. This was chosen by Lauren mm-hmm. uh, via a Patreon donation. And again, awesome. if you guys want to go to patreon.com slash Algar, it is at the very highest tier. You got to donate a, a whopping $20 yep. a month because I do not like giving up control of our show. Mm-hmm. You have to, I do have a price, but it's pretty high. Yeah. So, But Seems if you fair. donate at that level, you can pick something... Uh, there are a couple of caveats. Uh, it cannot be deadly games. Mm-hmm. It has to be an hour long and it has to be something we can find. Yep. That's it. Like it, we, it, you can't like, I would love nothing more than to sort of, uh, stagger it with like a uh, well-known thing and obscure thing. Mm-hmm. I would love to dig up the most obscure, like this ran for six episodes. And it is the strangest thing you'll ever see. But if that shit never hit video and it's not on streaming, then what, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So just uh, just consider that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Lauren, actually what we're doing, because the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, uh, made by George Lucas, and he decided to go back and change some things. What a shock. Yeah, I know. That doesn't bother me like it bothers some people, but this kind of bothers me a little because originally these episodes aired as single one-hour things. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they went back for the video release and sort of combined episodes into, like, movies. So, unfortunately, that's all that's available on video. Yeah. So, this will be the only other more than an hour thing we're going to watch. It's mm-hmm. like an hour and a half. Uh, it is episode 14 of the Young Indiana Jones. It's not called Chronicles. That's how you can tell the difference. Uh, it's called The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. Episode 14, Espionage Esp- Escapades. That's tough. Uh, it is on uh, Amazon Prime. you got to pay for it, but it is on streaming. There. Yep. Uh, maybe on other platforms as well. I have not checked. Uh, so if you want to follow along with us, that is what we will be watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the website is ever, postatomichorror.com. The uh, email address, postatomichorror at Gmail. Uh, we are on Twitter at Algar, at Robot Matt. Yep. Uh, p- please check out our Star Trek fanfic series, Endeavor. Uh, episode 3 dropped recently. We're very proud of all that. USSendeavor.com. Uh, and I think that's it. Yeah. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Gargoyles podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this until Star Trek comes back.